Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am fine. How are you today? Wonderful. Good. Sticky, sticky day. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Unfortunately, in the uh, summertime. It's summer, yes. Yeah, I would know. like to just do away with all this humidity business because last weekend was so spectacular. I, I loved it, and even though it was in the eighties, didn't bother me because it wasn't humid. I loved it. It's really it's the humidity that gets you. But you know what? We can't complain. We have oh, to be I know. grateful, Lynn. Oh, right. <laughs> so we are. <laughs> yes. Being grateful. So, um, what's been going on in your world? I think you have some things to share with us about your son. Uh, well, he started today. Yes. Uh, at in Philadelphia. This would be Sean. Sean starting with um, Katie McGinty's campaign. He's now officially working. Mm-hmm. He was on. He had to go to a party last night in Crystal Lake for her. Mm. And then he he went back. We moved him in on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then he came back with us, my mom and yours truly. And he um, went back then last night with another campaign staffer. So um, From this area? No, she's from Virginia. She graduated from UVA. Her name's Jennifer. She's a doll. And so they were up at the lake because uh, she said, Sean, why don't you just stay with your mom and then come home with me when and then we'll go back to philly so he was all moved in and stuff uh he just went drove back with her last night so they had a nice party and today begins a new chapter in his life he said mom this is the first like paid job (laughs) i said i know yeah other than i mean he did his internships for the last several years and, and he did get a stipend for it but not what he's getting now so he's very happy that's good Mm-hmm. That's great. And it's good. What was the experience he get? He's working in the finance um, end of things. Mm-hmm. And um, so he'll, he'll, uh, he'll do that. And then till he goes, decides when to go to you know, law school, whether it's this year or the next year. He's, he's, de- he's debating between a, a year to two off. It's at least a year. And he might do, too. It depends on where he is and what happens. You know, November's the election. Right. So hopefully she wins. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully he can stay with her and go to D.C. So we'll see. Where was he going to go to law school? He doesn't know yet. Oh, I he thought he know. had already picked out. No, no. I mean, he had. He knows where he's applying, but he doesn't yes. know yet what where he'll get in. Uh, I think he would really like to stay at Penn, mm-hmm. which would be great. Uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see where he goes. Well, I have to do a shout-out this morning to my 
my friend Joe Pashati, who is a CPA with his own firm in, um, I guess it's called Plains Township right there. I'm not sure if it's Wilkes-Barre or Plains Township on Route 315 across mm-hmm. from the... I only know it, but the old name we used to call it. I forget what it is. Well, what? The, um, oh, I can't think of wood something. What is it? The Woodlands? The Woodlands. That is still a Woodlands. I thought it was a new name. No. Oh. You're thinking a new name because you went to the 25th hour there all the time. So. Oh, right. Uh, that's so I didn't remember anything about no, the experience. No, it is the Woodlands. Okay, I don't know why I thought they changed their name. Yeah. Anyway, it's across the street from the Woodlands on 315. And Joe Pashadi is a CPA in practice with uh, his partner, Tom Duahi. And uh, he's, they, a, is he he's a West, a West Grant yes, boy. Yes, of course. Yep. And um, I was uh, just talking to him yesterday, and I mentioned something about this, um, the show. And, and I said that I could pick up some stuff from his office on any Thursday that he wanted me to do this because I was in the area and I could pick it up. <coughs> and he said, why are you in the area? Then I told him, I said, Joe, I've been doing this for seven Dear years. <laughs> what did I tell you last night? Is he living under a rock? Hey, there's a lot of people out I'm there teasing. that know. don't know that we've been doing this. I know. So anyway, I have to do a shout out to him. So yay, Joe Pashadi, I hope you're listening. And then also... Now there's no excuse. So if he says right. to you, Lynn, right. sorry, I didn't, He's we're going to shame him. Okay, we'll shame Put him <laughs> on the wall of shame. That's it. Um, and then the other person I wanted to say, another shout out to, we've done this a lot, and sometimes he listens and sometimes <sighs> he doesn't, Dr. John Sheeland, who is um, a podiatrist who's in our office building, and he loves to talk about politics. Yeah. And so every once in a while, we get involved in some very interesting conversations about politics. He's a diehard conservative. Ugh. So um, there you are. Uh, and don't even tell me. the. Don't don't even ask. Okay. Okay. Dear God. We won't go there. Dear God. <laughs> okay. Anyhow. Great. Um, I think I got through all that. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say was last week when we spoke about Abiaco. Yes. Abiaco. I forget how you pronounce it now. The restaurant in Chinchilla. Aren't you married to an Italian? Yes, okay. but that doesn't mean he speaks Italian. I don't know. <laughs> you can ask him how to say it properly. Well, he wouldn't know. Yes, anyway, he would. No, he wouldn't. Okay. He would not. He would, he's more of a French person than he is anything oh, else. Oh, man. He loves French. He's been trained in French. Can he speak the language? We do. Okay. Yes, we do. Well, I know you do. To him, yeah. Yeah, what's your favorite last, line that you Well, said last to him? night I just said to him as he came into the bedroom, I said, Ferme la porte. He said, I'll ferme your la porte. <gasps> what does that mean? <laughs> Please close the door. Oh, okay. I wanted him to do that so that the cats wouldn't come in. And he knew that that's what I meant. And so he, you know, he clearly knew what I was talking about. Uh-huh. So every once in a while, every once in a while, I will, I'll say something to him in French and he will respond accordingly. And it's a good thing because it just keeps it fresh for both of us. But. I speak in t- French a lot, too. Oh, French do you really? fries. Oh, <laughs> French. <laughs> yeah, right. I should have known I was just well, set up for that. That was a setup. Anyway, the point I was making I about the to restaurant. Speak French to me. Oh yeah, right. Go ahead. Was that um, a friend of my neighbor was listening to our show and actually went there for lunch based on the recommendation. Did they tell them? 
I don't know if she did or not. She posted this on, uh, on Facebook and said how much she really loved the fact that we talked about it and she and her friend went there for lunch and had a fabulous meal. It's Took a picture of it and put it on Facebook. Wow, that's good. But they should mention that they hear it because that always... I know that Carolyn Baldy tells, us every, tells me every time that when someone comes to Mansour's and mentions that they heard it on the radio show, she tells me every time I go, she says someone else was in there to tell her that. Well, good. So that's always nice when you do, when you do that. Okay. And we have to give a big shout out to, you know, Miss Brenda Bestokey. Because? Because we were there last night. Well, yeah, Brenda I works, know. Uh, Wednesday, not Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday nights at Sternus. She bartends, and we had a little meeting, Lynn and yours truly, and Mary Beth DeAndrea had a little meeting there, and so we told Brenda we're going to give her a big shout-out, mm-hmm. and Kathy Gavin and all mm-hmm. the Sternus people. And Kathy Duel. Gavin's sister, who was who there. I never, I have never met her. We wow, didn't meet her be then twins. either. But we heard her. Yeah. And she sounds exactly like Kathy. That was spooky. Yes. She even has the same actions as Kathy. Mm-hmm. Like her mannerisms are very mm-hmm. similar. Now I know the their other sister, Maureen, and I don't think Maureen looks or acts like Kathy. But this one and Kathy are very much the same. What did she say? Her name was Mary Ellen. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. That's I what think so. I heard. So yes. yeah. So big shout out to Brenda. Okay. And you know well, who else we have to shout out to? Who? Miss Evelyn Rafalco McNulty. Why? Because we just always, I'm, because I'm, we're always with her. And so I keep forgetting to say a big shout out to her. So. Okay. And you know your Patrick loves her. Adores her. And she was his date a couple weeks ago. I with heard. You. I heard. And we did okay. Last week it was, wasn't it? Yes. But I don't remember when. It was Thursday. Oh, it was last Thursday. What's so a Thursday? No, it was Wednesday of last week. I was okay. in New York. Yes. I don't know if we said that. Maybe we did. I can't remember from week to week to I, week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yes. And uh, that's it on that end. Okay, that was good. All right, so what else do we have to talk about here? About? We, how about the, because, um, you know, I'm quick to tell everybody else about their, and blow all HIPAA regulations, so I might as well just say myself, is that my newly diagnosed celiac mm-hmm. disease um, yeah. is stinks, beyond stinks. <laughs> but <laughs> now you can understand, and I, I thought about this last night, how angry Sean was when he was told that that was the issue, that he had celiac disease. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, just out. furious, angry. Yes. And I just, you know, I don't know that that's the situation for me at all, but I just think that I wonder if that, if you felt that same no, level of I was, anger. I did not. And the only reason I didn't, I, I will tell you, when he first was diagnosed, I was angry for him because I know the things he loves. I know the things I made for him. I know that motherly kind of thing you feel good when you make or they look forward to it and you kind of love that about it because it equals love and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And so I was upset because I know how he loved to eat and loved to eat the things that he can't eat now. So that anger sort of for him came out for me last year. So all year, because he's been hounding me to get the test, that because of my symptoms being so similar and for so long, and then the other stuff that was going on, it was all very, all of the things that I was you know, recently dealing with were all things that were related to celiac. And so when it's, so I guess I've been thinking about it for the last year and thinking about it and 
because I'm a little more adjusted to it for this past time, I, I, I did not feel that way at all. I did okay. not. Now, there are things, of course, you like, but you just have to do things differently. Like, for instance, I was driving today down, I was coming down to North Washington, and I went by our friends at Papa's Pizza, and I used to, when I was at Broadway in the office, I would always order a tuna fish sandwich on rye bread. Well, guess what? Can't, Can't eat rye bread. Uh, Can't eat bread yep. unless it's gluten-free. So, And there are rye breads that are gluten-free, which I have to find, but the point is, it's not as, what you have to do is think more about things, because you can just go in and take something or grab something and not think about it. which in a good it's a good way it's a good thing in a way because now you're forced to think a little bit more I don't know healthy and mm-hmm. um, just put more thought be more mindful of what you have to do and that's what you're supposed to do anyway so True. I'm looking at it as a I'm not I'm not angry at all I'm looking at it as a new way of doing what I have to do I feel very okay with it. I just have to well, do it. Well, I hope that you will feel better yeah. because of it. Because I think that's part of the problem is that people who have this, at least, it may not be celiac disease, but there's something in between there. Celiac sensitivity or something? Uh, well, gluten sensitivity. Gluten sensitivity. That <clears throat> that you just kind of accept it and you go on with it. You don't even think about it. And, there, and you feel lousy all the time, but it's just how it is all the time. Uh, right. And you don't think it's any different. Or the people who just do uh, the gluten-free diet, as we've talked about, just because they want to do it. Yeah. And so when you go to a restaurant, you say, you, you really have to say to people, I have, I am allergic. I have celiac disease. I'm not just intolerant. I have, because they think, oh, you're just doing it. And you, and, mo, and they will say, I've, at places we've gone, Sean will say, I have celiac. And they'll say, are you intolerant? Or he said, no, no, I am allergic to it. You've got to, and they're like, okay. And they do ask because there are people, and I don't know if it's the way they do it or not, but whatever. It is, it's, 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 um, a, it's a lifestyle. It, adjustment mm-hmm. and you've just got to do it but so many people accommodate it and there are so many things on the market now it's a far better time i talked to people already the last two days and trying to get as much information i'm reading a lot on it i'm just trying to focus on it mm-hmm. because you don't realize now i'm so aware of how much my stomach has been bothering me or not feeling about that i just think it's normal that's what i just said yeah, yeah you that's just accept right that's how it exactly. is exactly so anyway well i hope that means you'll feel better yeah I, well that's yes. what everyone says so we're yeah. keeping our fingers crossed okay. so we're going to take a very quick break you're listening this morning to laurie and lynn show we'll be right back here's laurie and lynn Good morning. Good morning. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And you know what I wanted to say, too? Um, The weird thing was when I called one of my friends who has celiac, you know, as we were just talking about earlier, I said, and and her line was to me, oh, so you're the carrier. I'm like, oh, my Mm. God, that sounds so bad. Yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah, but somebody had to give it to me. That's right. I'm just going <laughs> to say. I didn't start the fire. No. Jeez, no. <laughs> Billy Joel. That's so true. Yeah. But you so know, anyway. I don't understand this, though, Laura. I, don't, I just don't get. Why is it 
that it, it is an inherited condition. Yeah, why so, it doesn't come out immediately? No, why is it that we're we're dealing with this so much now and we didn't a generation ago or a generation well, people ago? Well, people will, a lot, there's a couple school of thoughts there. Schools of thought. Um, <clears throat> they are, people are saying it's people making more of it than they need to, which is BS. Secondly, they are saying that everybody had it they just didn't know, so people died or people just got other stuff because it could lead to other things. Mm-hmm. Or the other thing is the way things are processed now, all of this stuff is happening, and I tend to believe that's what that what, that's what it is. Me too. Um, and that's, that's why all of this. And the other thing is it can lie dormant in your system just like anything else, and something somehow, some way triggers it. Hmm. So I think I've sort of been sensitive to it or intolerant, but then the whole, I, I don't know. It's, it's been going on for me about two years, a little over two years. Um, so, and again, I just think, oh, who cares? And it's, you know, I've had issues, so I don't care. But, you know, it's what it is. So, yeah, but it's, it's, because uh, it's definitely coming from the Cadden side, though, because my brother Jimmy's, both of his, his oldest and youngest, and Sean, and now me. So it's definitely that side. So what are you going to do? And very much so in, in, in the Irish people. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. Eat more potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Irish do eat more potatoes, so I don't know what that is about. But I know. I don't know either. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, so well, moving on. Yeah, a few comments here <clears throat> about financial literacy, because uh, I started thinking about this from the context of why did I write the book? Um, and I think that so much of what I came across in the course of the 30 plus years that I've been um, a financial advisor to people is that for most couples, and I'm not saying this is true now, but it was in the very beginning, um, the husbands um, always were the ones who took care of the finances. And in a lot of cases, I got so much pushback from the women who just didn't want to be there. They, they didn't really want to be where at the appointments and, yeah, with you. They didn't want to hear about all this because it was kind of um, annoying to them that, that I would want them to be partners in this, that they really wanted to just let their husbands handle it. And I'm done with this. And then in the same vein, I would see women come in who were widowed or divorced and be in a close to a state of panic mm-hmm. about what is going on. I don't know where to start. Um, the tissues were out there. The, the tears were coming. It was all of that, which is the flip side to this. Uh, all right. So my concern is, where did this start? Well, I think it's part of our our culture. But then the issue was, well, if we now have so many educated women, all of us having professions and and opportunities, that it's it's not just men who go to college anymore it's men and women so why are why are they still coming out as graduates and still have no financial literacy it's just 
strange to me that that somehow we overlooked that. And then I rem- remembered some conversations I've had with some people who were in professional schools, and they said they expect most of us to go out and be in private practice, whether it's physicians, dentists, architects, lawyers, um, CPAs, whatever it was. There was an assumption that you would eventually, you'd do your time and you'd learn the craft and then eventually go out and do your own thing. But never in any of that education they got did they ever learn how to run a business or anything about personal finances. Nothing was ever taught to people about that. There was just an assumption that you would absorb that somewhere. So uh, many of us collegiates didn't go into professions where we were expected to be self-employed, many of us were on the corporate track. And again, there was nothing that ever gave you any education to understand you're being presented with an option here when you sign up for your new job for a 401k plan. What is it? How does it work? What do I, what do I pick? Um, I don't know anything about this. So there was a company that that came out of this i've been aware of them for a couple years which i think was a brilliant idea to do this it's called financial finesse love it and their whole market is to go to corporations where people have 401k plans and other benefits and teach them what they need to know as far as what investment choices that they have to make. And this is also coming uh, to the fore now because of a new change in the, in the, the um, tax laws and investment laws that says that anybody who makes any recommendations to a retirement plan has to do it as a fiduciary, which means they have to have the best interests of the client first. So it can't be that I represent the XYZ company selling a 401k plan and oh by the way here are the investment choices you have and they pay the highest commissions to me when I do it when they when they enroll automatically so now you have to look at it from the perspective of is this the best thing that you can have for these clients who are now people that are looking to you to say I need to be educated well, these this group, Financial Finesse, um, is making their mark by going around the country and having seminars in-house for all these different companies and teaching people some basic financial facts. And so they created, uh, I, want, I like this a lot, this was um, from Forbes magazine online. They created a quiz, Financial Finesse created a quiz seven questions to test your financial literacy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they use this when they're, you know, doing their thing in corporations. So, as as they as the author of this, a guy named Eric Carter, who is a contributor to Forbes, said, um, so where should you start? While you can literally read entire books about financial planning, please read mine. <laughs> I've repeatedly come across several common misunderstandings that can lead to big financial mistakes. To test your financial literacy, see how well you answer the following questions. Are you ready? <laughs> All right. Drum roll. Does carrying a balance on your credit card help your credit? Um, 
it depend. I would say yes, but it would depend on how much. But I, I'm just going to say carrying a balance. Well, here's the deal. If you pay it off um, every month, that's a good thing because you're using other people's money for the month and then you pay it off. Um, and I don't know if it affects the overall. I know if you close an account. I would assume the credit companies like you to have a balance so they can zap you with charges. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say yes. It's it helps you to have a. It depending on the, the balance. Yes. Yes, it is. It, you're right. And we talked about this. It's not in here, but we talked about this one time before. That there's. Um, uh, I forget what the term is now, but it's like an optimization type thing. On how much you as charge. long as you don't exceed thirty percent. Yeah of that line of credit, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it works to your advantage to use the credit right. because it establishes the fact that you are a good risk for, okay. the, for the companies. So, okay, we give you a good, a good answer on that one. Number two, should you pay down your largest debts first? Um, no. Um, I wouldn't. It'd be, a mortgage would be a large debt. I don't I think if you have a mortgage and you're paying it, it's good for your credit. It's also um, a, a tax break. Um, so I, I think they're tricky questions. I, I don't know. I guess if you have large credit card debt, yes. But like largest, meaning your mortgage, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, pay it off? No. Pay it down? Maybe. So I don't. I don't know. That's a trick question to me. It, it, well, it is a trick question, and I'm going to admit that. I think the way they stated this isn't really the answer that they're looking for. It's not so much that you want to pay down the largest debt. It's that you want to pay down the largest debt with the highest interest okay, rate. So. so as they use the example here, they said um, that if you had a $200,000 mortgage at 3%, <laughs> Which, you know, we have, I have one at 3 No, yeah, I know. That's what, so why yeah. would you pay that down? And it's costing you about $6,000 a year, while a $10,000 credit card balance at a 10% yeah. rate is costing you only 1000 a year. But mm -hmm. the relevant number isn't the total balance, right. but the amount of money you're putting towards the debt. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Now, number three. This is another tr trick oh, question. But I trick. think No, but I think this is very, very appropriate to ask because people do get this confused. Is an IRA a good investment? I would say yes, in simplest terms. Um, investment, I, don't, I would look at it as a tax benefit. So if that's not the same thing as an investment, then I don't know if that's the answer. I would say an IRA is to help you deduct, you can deduct what you put in and then um, you save it for retirement. So it's investment later and tax deductions now. I don't know. That's, I don't. No, I th you're right. You're right. But here's the point that this guy wants to make. There are people out there who believe that an IRA is an investment product. Okay. Okay. So that, like, it would be that you have IRAs, you have mutual funds, you have that's, CDs. Okay. And that's not right. I mean, IRA is not an investment. Well, it's a it's a way of investing. Well, that's the way. So you it's have to what look. you put into that right. IRA that makes the difference. Right. And as he said in this article, it, it's just it, he can't begin to tell you how many people have told him that they either want or don't want to contribute to an IRA because of how well or how poorly one did 
it's not the IRA. It's whatever the investment right. was that you put right. in the IRA. Right. So as he reminds people, you can invest an IRA in anything from an FDIC insured savings account to mutual funds, individual securities, CDs. real estate, gold, bullions. You can do it all. Yeah. Number four, should you invest in top performing mutual funds? Oh, God. Well, you would think the answer is yes. Yes, yeah. But it's no, right? Well, it's not necessarily no, but it's that you have to look at their long term. Their long term. Because people will throw a dart at things and say, yeah, this did real well last year. I'm going to get into this. And it's something that is invested in things that have lost their value. So by the time you go in for the ride, you're riding it down. I see. We're going to wait on the next one because we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. You're listening this morning to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Lori and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And usually at this time, we have one of our guest experts who is attorney Barbara J. O'Hara. However, Barbara J. O'Hara is vacationing and will be with us later on in the month. So Lynn and I will just keep on blabbing. Okay. And you are, ma'am? My name is Lynn Evans. I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. It's available on Amazon.com. I just had a funny thought that went through. Okay, as I'm saying, yeah. Okay, so number five, or are you finished with four? Uh, I think we're done with four. So we're, we are continuing seven questions to test your financial literacy, oh, an article that was in Forbes magazine. I thought it was only five questions. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, number five is, is your company stock a safe investment? If the company's okay, I, mean, well, I guess. If I mean, you know, depending on who it is. I mean, if you're an Apple employee, it, that's a good thing for the most part. Um, Procter and Gamble. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess. Well, see, that's that's the point. You just mentioned the perfect thing, Procter and Gamble. And I'm not using them as an example of something that's bad. It's just that it's something I'm familiar with in this area. You're right. So what happens is... And these were, and I will quote what somebody once said to me, a client who came in to talk to me about his 401k plan. He had been someone who started at Procter & Gamble working on a production line when he was um, 18 years old once he graduated from high school. He knew no other job, and he worked there until he was 55 uh-huh. years old, and he had a chance to take an early retirement package. So when I took a look at his retirement assets, he had a 401k plan that was invested in the Procter & Gamble 401k plan. And half of his investments were in Procter & Gamble stock. Uh The other half were in some kind of um, fixed income portfolio because he was a very, he said, a very conservative investor. All right. Now, what he didn't understand was that having it's the all your eggs in one basket thing. He had one half of his net worth invested in one stock, Procter & Gamble. And I said that to him and he said, well, I've always known that mother P&G would take care of me. 
And that was his answer. Now, a year or two after he retired, that Procter & Gamble stock took a nosedive because it was part of the the whitewash that happened when everything went down in 2008 and 9. Yeah. So right. it wasn't so, them, it was the economy. Right, but yeah. he couldn't see that that was a potential risk risk for him. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's why I say, is it a good thing? Yes, it's a good thing because for, as a stock investor, you have very good inside information right. about what's going on right. with the company. Right. So if you're a production worker and you know that they just cut the third shift, because they didn't have the work, um, you might start thinking twice about whether or not you want to hold on to that stock. Right. But to have it be 50% of your entire net worth is a crazy, crazy idea. But some of these 401k plans, when they were first started, were set up so that the only way you could get a match by your company was that they would give you stock. Right. So you had no choice. So now they've changed a lot of that. But I still think the answer is generally yes, it is a good idea to invest in your company stock as long as you diversify it with other ways, even within the 401k plan. Okay. Now, and I wasn't, in my answer, I wasn't thinking that 100% was your stock. It was right, just asked right. a question, is it okay? Yeah, yeah. I would. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. So it is good. And so you were right. I mean, generally speaking, it's, it's a good thing to do. But as this guy said, try to limit it to no more than 10 to 15 percent of your overall. But then that's That's fine because, well, it is, but that's you need the diversification. You never know. Okay. How about the poor suckers who had Bethlehem Steel stock? I have some clients like that. They had Bethlehem Steel stock in their 401k plan and it just evaporated to nothing. Right. Nothing. So. And they never thought that would happen. No. Number six, will Social Security be there when you retire? Uh, Again, that depends on how old you are. That question. (laughs) With the help of God, it is, but it's not looking that great. I read something recently. Where did they say it was that they think it's not going to have enough? Oh, it's going to be. Some year is 2023 or 24. Something like that, yes. So that's why, you know, it's a different answer to the question. It's not just a mathematical calculation. It's not just about whether you wait until you're 68 or 70 versus 62 or 66. The bigger question is, is it going to be there? Uh Period. Yeah. So if you start taking it when you're younger, even though you may lose something on the other end, because and it's only going to be 80% of what you would have normally gotten if you waited, the bigger, the, the better part of it is that you're, you're getting it. And generally speaking, the way the federal government has done any kind of cuts in any programs, and they call them entitlement programs because really they are, you're not, people think that they're investing money in this for the long term. You're not. What you're putting in right now to Social Security is paying the benefits of the people who are already retired or on Social Security uh, for disability. So you're not banking anything. So maybe you have to look at it. Do I actually start taking the money now and know that I have it? Because as I just started to say, the federal government, generally speaking, does not take away benefits from people who are getting them. It's those who are coming up and going to be benefiting from that where they find the cuts. And so 
um, there might be enough, as this author says, to cover about 75 to 80% of the estimated benefits. And he says in here that it's going to be depleted by 2033. <laughs> Jesus. They change it every couple of years because it de- depends on the investments. So uh, it's not, you know, not going to be there forever. Number uh, seven, does a will protect your estate from probate? Um, no. Wait, probate. <clears throat> Ouch. Um, You're no. right. No. You're right. It doesn't. Yeah. Okay. You still have to go, the assets that are in it still have to go through probate, which is just something that's a process. I don't think most people understand what probate means, but it's a process where upon the death of a person, you have to fill out a form and say, this is what I own and this is what I owe. And depending on how much that is, you would qualify for um, a, a state inheritance tax and or a federal inheritance tax and there are certain assets that avoid probate and there are those that are subject to probate but having a will um, you still have to go through the time and the cost of probate so don't assume that the the will is something that will take care of everything mm-hmm. so you did pretty good thank you ma'am you did very well Ms. Cadden I don't do too bad on these financial no you don't it doesn't mean I'm doing it right outside no, of my own life the, but <laughs> well there's that you <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's you know like I mean. it's like the cardiologists who smoke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, know. Mm-hmm. they know, but that doesn't mean they do it. Uh huh. So a couple points about that that I I thought were interesting when we look at this and this uh, another author, um, a guy by the name of Dan Cadleck. Um, he uh, was talking about women and money, and he said even college grads flunk personal finance, which is what I was just saying before. Just because you have a degree, even if you're a teacher, you're a nurse, whatever it is that you've got, um, we need to expand our programming so that people can come away from a college education with some financial literacy. Mm-hmm. This is just ridiculous that in this country, where we have the greatest amount of wealth per capita, that we don't have any idea what to do with it. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So, interesting. The mean financial literacy test score for women with at least a bachelor's degree is just 47%. That's all. Wow. Um, And... This, this is an interesting set of, st- set of statistics about the difference between men and women and their financial literacy. 43% of women have an emergency fund compared to 63% of men. 52% of women are comfortable with their non-mortgage debt credit cards yeah. compared to 71% of men. of women have assessed their risk tolerance and are aware of their conservative, moderate, or aggressive investment strategy compared to 57% of men. It's still not enough. I mean, 57% of men still needs, that needs to be higher as well. 25% of women rebalance their investment accounts to keep their asset allocation on track compared to 49% of men. Now, there's a big problem because women tend to be 
very conservative in their investment choices. And getting being conservative, I've done these numbers before, if you take the same exact situation, you do not discount it for the fact that women might take time off to have to raise kids, have them and raise them. But let's say identical career paths, men and women. Men always end up with with almost 30 to 35 percent more in their 401k plans than the women with the same amount of everything, same contributions, same matching because of their investment choices. Women always go to the more conservative side of things. I shouldn't say always. There are still some who are very aggressive. But for the most part, they want to hold on to what they've got. And again, the illiteracy comes into play here because they don't understand what risk is. And they think that they're handling the risk by taking a conservative approach when, in fact, what they're handling is not its not just that kind of risk, but what about inflation risk in the future? What about the fact that you might live 20 to 30 years after you retire? Mm-hmm. We need to educate women. So I buy guess. my book and you'll learn. And how about Mary Beth said she gave your book to her niece. That right? was wonderful. And she read it. And, and she was in her, her 20s. Ba- yeah. Yeah. And that was really nice. Back and said that she loved it. She thanked her aunt. Well, Mary you have Beth. another. You have another book signing too this tonight, right? Tonight, yes. Yep. But <laughs> as they're listening, it'll be over. Right, I know, but yeah. still, this is at uh, Bella Fatches, yeah. um, the wonderful chocolatier, and um, that's uh, this evening in Scranton. So we'll see how that goes. The one we had two weeks ago, I guess it was at Nada's. Believe it or not, we loved it. It was great. You had a lot of fun. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And there, I, you know, because of our conversation last night, you know that I just love those little groups of yes, people so um, that are interested in learning and knowing more about anything that gives them more power, just as we spoke about yesterday. When you get these little groups together and give them the information, whether they need it right now or they need it 10, 15 days down the road or they're with someone and they say, do you know someone who does this? It is so much better to be prepared with the answer, both for yourself and for someone else, that these kind of little little groups and the information they provide, I think, is wonderful for people. So it's, it's all good. And I would throw out, too, something else that I know came up in that um, opportunity where we were presenting this in front of the group at NADA's, that uh, women were very interested in forming a group, classes, to try to learn some of this stuff. So I would throw this out to all of the listeners. If you can gather together 10 women, um, it would be worth it for me to do kind of a class as far as what it would cost. We worked that out. But I just think it would be a great idea if you can get 10 women to do it. Let's do it. You got it. All right. Well, we're going to leave you for the week. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Be safe and be nice. Bye-bye. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.